Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Pastor CJ continues his God Will series today with a message called God Will Defend You. God is a just God, and if you allow him to fight your battles, he will vindicate you. You don't have to worry about the wrong someone has done to you because God sees and he cares. Trust him today to defend your cause. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm ready to preach this message today. I, I, I love this message because it's God. God will justify. How many of you know that we serve a just God? He's a faithful God. He's a just God. He's a fair God. He's an honest God. When I was growing up, I had five sisters before me. I had my sister Rhonda, and that's why I have a hard time with Rhonda over here to my left. Every time when I see Rhonda to my left, I want to call her Robin because it doesn't seem right calling her Rhonda because she's not my sister. So I got to make up a name. So your mom's name, Amy, is is Robin, okay? So Robin, Rhonda. Rock a Robin, tweet, tweet. Rock a Robin. Oh, rock a Robin makes you really going to rock tonight. Okay? If you little bird in the... You don't know that. Right? So I call her Rock and Robin, right? But anyways, I had my sister Rhonda, Gail, Lana, Marlis, and Janie. They were all these ahead of me. So my dad said that he had five girls before me. I said, Dad, what happened? As my later years, I said, Dad, how all of a sudden did you have five girls and you had me? And so guys, if you want to have girls or you want to have boys, especially, my dad said, here was the secret. I changed my diet. I said, what do you mean you changed your diet? He said, well, I had five girls. And he said, I needed to change my diet. I said, what was your diet plan? He said, I had to start eating eggs. So he said, when I started eating eggs, I had you. I said, thank you, Jesus. Eat more eggs, right? And lo and behold, he ate more eggs than he had my little brother, Rick. And then he had my, you know, right. But anyways, I had my five sisters, right? And growing up, like I told you before, I hated the song Johnny Cash, the boy named Sue. I mean, kicking in the gouge in the blood and the mud and the beer, right? Right? You remember that song? I hated that song because when I was growing up, we were so poor, the only clothes we had were girl clothes. So my, girl, my sisters would dress me up as a little girl and call me Susie. And I'm like, wait a minute, this ain't right. This isn't right. And then Johnny Cash comes out with that song, and my dad played for Johnny Cash, and I thought Johnny Cash was singing about me. I said, you ain't coming in my house anymore. Get out of here, because he came in my house. And we right there, and I watched him play, and it was pretty cool. But anyways, here's the crazy thing. Whatever I did something wrong or whenever there's something happening, my sisters would always defend me. I could be right or I could be wrong, and I can get you not leave. I could be doing something wrong, and my sisters will still defend me because I was little brother. I was CJ. I was, I'm an adult now. I'm 50-some years old. I'm going to tell you the right age. But my, still, my sisters call me little brother. I said to my sister Gail, when do I ever grow up? I'm little brother. But they would always defend me. No matter if I was right, wrong, or indifferent, I always had five sisters that went before me. And you ever notice that God does the same thing in our lives. When you join the army or believers in Christ, and when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God goes before you and defends you. You don't have to defend yourself. He defends you. He goes before you. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He sets out the arguments. When there's an argument, he settles the argument. He defends you. He brings out what's right. And so in 2 Thessalonians, it says, these words. Chapter 1, verse 6. I love this. Watch what God says. God is a just God. He's a just God. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. 
You see, if you're on God's side, you can always depend on knowing that God is going to fight your battles, that God is always going to go before you. He's going to defend you. He's going to bring out the truth. He's going to bring out what is right in your life. He's going to bring it to light. Those things that are hidden in darkness, God said, I will bring to light. So in other words, God will go before you. I love what he did before the Israelites. He said, here's how you're going to know that I'm going to go before you. If you know the story, he was a cloud by day and the fire by night. He went before the Israelites and he made a way in the desert and he led them through to the promised land. The key thing with God, God does the same thing with you. He's a just God. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will lead you down the path of righteousness for his namesake. But if you have your notes there, you can see what is a just God? A just God means this. He's fair. He's fair in everything he does. How many ever said this before? That's not fair. That isn't fair, but everything that God does in your life, you can know this for sure, that God is always fair in what he does. Even though you don't think he is, God does things that are fair. He makes it right. And look at this. He judges correctly and does what's right, does what's right all the time. Not sometimes, but all the times. Have you ever had this happen to you when you're trying to raise up your kids and there's no perfect parent here? How many of you know that we're not perfect, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do some things. We're going to say some things. Maybe we're going to react or whatever. But when there's no perfect parent here, and so we're going to make mistakes. But when we make a mistake, what is the reaction of our kids? Mom, Dad, that's not right. Mom, Dad, I hate you. Mom, Dad, this is wrong. Mom, Dad. And we get the wrath of their anger. And, you know, just like we get the wrath of their anger and it upsets us and it hurts us and, man, it just, man, puts us in a place of panic because my kid is saying these things about me. You know, sometimes that's what we do with God because maybe we don't get our way the way we want it to happen and we want to be like them, like our kids when they're yelling at us and say, man, mom, dad, that's not fair. We sometimes do that with God. God, that's not fair. Why did this happen? God, why did you give up on me? Why did you do this? And what we're doing, the same thing that our kids do to us, we do that to God. But we have to remember one thing about God. He does things always right. He does it not just sometimes, but all the time, God does things right. I've always found this. The Lord judges each situation in your life and defends you and defends you when others come against you. You know, one thing about it, I know as a leader, and I teach this when I do leaderships. When I do leadership classes and I travel around and do leaderships, one of the things I tell my, my pastors and wherever I'm teaching leadership about is I never react instantly. I'm not a reactive pastor. I always got to process things. I got to pray about it. And sometimes my staff may wonder, man, pastor, are you doing things? Because listen, if I reacted... Some of us, like, I want you to get this. Some of you become like nervous purposes or on pins and needles because you're always reacting to the action. Now, get this. You're always reacting to the action. Everything that's going on around you, you're, you look like you got Tourette's because you're reacting always to the action. And so sometimes we're reacting sometimes to the action that we don't need to be reacting to. But we put ourselves in positions where we shouldn't be and we ended up getting butchered. And we always wonder why we're getting cut up in the battle or why we're in the battle. Maybe it's because we're reacting to things that we don't need to be reacting to. Come on. And so what God says, listen, 
if you trust me and you believe that I'm in control of your situations and I'm a fair God and a just God, a God that does things right, let me take your battles. Let me take your struggles because after all, isn't it by my stripes you are healed? Isn't it by the cross that I bore your sins? Isn't it by that because of that I overcame death, hell, and the grave? Isn't it because of that? Through that you can have hope of knowing that if I did that then, I'm going to help you through your struggles now. But you have to let them be God. Listen, when God takes care of things, he deals with it sometimes differently than we were or to, were to take care of it. He deals things differently than the way we take care of it. God doesn't have your thoughts. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And a lot of times we want God to react about how we're feeling. But God doesn't go by how we feel. God goes by what's right. He goes by what's right, and he judges correctly. I love this. Reasons why we don't put it in God's hands. You ever thought about why I don't put it in God's hands? Number one, we think we can fix it better. We think that we can fix it better. You know what I find a lot of times? That I find that spouses, husbands, wives get into arguments sometimes because he or she thinks they can fix it better. And so what happens is we get into this big argument because he or she thinks they can fix it better. And so what happens is they get into an argument. And what happens with God, we say, no, I can fix it better than God. If God knows every hair on your head, doesn't God know every situation in your life and he can fix it? Right? But here's a big one. We want to get revenge. We are people that always want to have one up. I want one up. I'm going to get you, you strike me, I'm going to get you, but I'm going to get you worse. And we always have a spirit of revenge. I'm going to get you. You know what? There's times in our lives we have to take off the gloves. You know, when my kids were growing up, I've always taught my kids different words. I've always taught them to be respectful. Number one, I always tell them to be thankful. Thank you. Every time when a waitress comes up, helps you, or serves you, tell them thank you. And I always tell my kids, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so they, they got that. And you know another thing I tell my kids? The word. This is a big word, hard sometimes to swallow, that we don't like to swallow. The word sorry. That word sorry sometimes is like swallowing a jawbreaker. You want me to say I'm sorry? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to get them back. But as believers in Christ, isn't that what, exactly what Jesus did? He said he was sorry for you and I. He said he was sorry that he, he turned his back on all the world and he took the stripes, he took the beating, he took the nails, he took the cross. And all along, he even on the point of even on the cross, giving up his last breath, it wasn't saying, I'm going to spite you, I'm going to get revenge. You know what his last breath was? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, Jesus didn't get revenge. He didn't spite them, even though he was God and could have came off that cross when they were ridiculing and saying all these things about him. Jesus didn't get revenge. So why do we think we need to get revenge? We got one that goes before us and makes a way where there seems to be no way. We just have to be still and know that he's God and trust him that he does things right. Even when you don't get this, even though you don't understand. What we like to do is we want to try to figure it all out. And once we think we got it figured out, that's when God says, nope. 
My ways are not your ways. Why don't you just get out of the way, let go, and let God? How many of you ever drove with a backseat driver before? Maybe your husband and spouse are like that. There's front, these two right here in the front row, they're really laughing. Look at that. Who's the backseat driver? Oh, the, oh, yeah, there you go. Needless to say, it's the man, right? But isn't that right? What does the backseat driver do? Well, you're going too fast. You're not turning right. You're doing this. You're going over the line. You're doing Right? Jesus, take the wheel. Carrie Underwood, right? When Jesus takes the wheel, you have to believe that he knows where he's going. And you have to believe that he knows what's right for you. Another one is we want to stand up for what is right, what we think is right. Man, I'm going to make it vocal. I'm loud and proud. Man, I'm going to stand up for what's right. You know how many times as a pastor I have to say the word sorry even though I'm not wrong? Joe, you're a pastor. You know, that I've learned this, that vinegar creates a stir, but honey creates love. And you know what? Sometimes I just say, okay, whatever. Does that mean I'm weak? No. It means I don't want to get into an argument. It doesn't need to be in an argument. I don't want to blow things out of proportion. And sometimes we always have to have the last word. Some of you may be still jabbing at each other from a year ago. Told you so. No, told you so. Told you so. Man, you're bruised all over the place. Because you got to take off the gloves and say, listen, I don't care who's right or who's wrong, who's different. Let's just get along and make things happen. Agree to disagree. You see, the Lord defends those who allow him to, but it's up to you to let him. It's up to you to say, God, okay, I let you. I like the song, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. You know what surrender means? Letting go anything that's hindering you from worshiping God. Why does a police say, lift up your hands, put your hands in the air? It's because you're surrendering from those that you can get a hold of. What God wants you to do is surrender your battles, your, surrender your situations, and let him be a just God and do what's right for you. You see, I love this story. In Second Chronicles, I love this story. It's a great story. It's about Jehoshaphat and his army. And they're being overwhelmed. You ever feel like you're being overwhelmed before in your life? Maybe you feel like you're being overwhelmed right now. Maybe financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever it may be. Maybe you feel like you're overwhelmed. Well, here was Jehoshaphat. There was three armies that were coming against him. And how many of you know that ten against one is not a fair fight? Three against one is not a fair fight. And they were coming against Jehoshaphat. And he was at his wit's end like, I don't even know what to do. But how many of you know that sometimes what brings fear to you is secondhand news? That somebody comes to you and says, so-and-so said this about you, and so-and-so said that about you, and so-and-so did this about you, and blah, 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 blah. And here was Jehoshaphat and people coming to give him a report. And all of a sudden, fears struck within him, just like it happens with many of us. 
But here's what he says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1-6. through 6. He says these words, After this, the Amalekites and the Ammonites and some of the Mennonites came to wage war. So in other words, they had an intention. They had an intention against Jehoshaphat. Now watch this. He said, Some of the people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you. What is that? Secondhand news. A vast army is coming against you, Jehoshaphat. Just like what happens to a lot of a lot of our arguments. Now get this: a lot of our arguments and struggles, really seriously, happen from secondhand news. She said this about you. He said that about you. It's not actually from the person, but you believe the secondhand person. And so because you believe the secondhand person, something inside of you wells up with anger that I'm going to get them back. They're talking about me. I'm going to talk about you. And a lot of times what you hear, especially in high school, when you hear these things, it's not even true. How many know what I'm talking about? And our secondhand news gets us in a trap or into arguments, into fight, when a lot of times it's not even really, for real. You got it? So look at what he says. He said, they're coming against you. He says, from Eden and from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at Hezatara, and he goes on to say, now watch this, alarmed Jehoshaphat, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. He said, now watch this. He said, then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, here's what he said. But the Lord, the God of the ancestors, are not you not uh, the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the action. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand withstand you. So in other words, what he did, instead of Jehoshaphat taking the battle into his own hands, like many of us like to do when somebody comes against us, the first reaction is that we want to take it into our own hands. We want to start fighting. We want to come out swinging. But what did Jehoshaphat did? The first thing he did, he didn't go to his army and say, hey, mount up. Let's get ready for war. The first thing he did, he went to the Lord. You see, God, if he's your order from headquarters, then isn't it the right thing to do to go to God and say, God, I'm coming to you. I don't know what to do. This thing is so great. It's bigger than me. But God, I know it's not bigger than you. So God, I'm going to come to you because God, you're all powerful, all wisdom, all knowing. And so God, if you all know all things, God, I'm coming to you for the answers. And Jehoshaphat, listen, when the battle is too big for you, it's not for him. God can take your battle if you let him in. I love this. Before you take revenge, inquire of him and let him defend you. Let him go before you. Let him make a way where there seems to be no way. Let him defend. Let him take your battle. That's why you said the battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. Let God take your battle. Let him go before you and defend you. The truth will set you free. And God knows the truth. He knows what's not true. And he knows it. And he'll bring it to the top. And he'll defend you. And he'll justify you. And he'll make things right. And he does things fairly. Amen? I love this. God doesn't call us to fight or defend, but to pray and to watch. Watch and pray. 
Watch and pray. Watch and see what I will do as you wait on me. Watch and see that I will intervene if you trust me into your battles, if you trust me into your situation. Maybe you have a struggle at your job with your, with your boss or with a coworker. Let God in that struggle. Let God in that situation. Watch and pray and see what God will do with your boss or that situation or even you. Maybe some of us need a checkup from the neck up. Maybe we need a heart transplant. Maybe we, maybe we need to be transformed. A lot of times what happens is the Bible says when you start pointing fingers, don't take the uh, speck out of your own eye before you start judging someone else. And a lot of times what we want to do to try to, uh, to reflect or get off us or the pressure of, of our problem, we want to start blaming others instead of looking at ourselves. And the reason why we don't like looking at ourselves is because maybe we don't like what we see. And what we don't like, what we see is maybe a heart that's hard, calloused, beat up, negative, grumpy, sad, mad. And we don't, what we do is we try to reflect it onto someone else and blame everybody else for the problem instead of fixing ourselves. And I always say a blind man can't lead a blind man unless you both fall off the cliff. And so what God wants us to do is listen. You watch and pray, and while you're watching and praying, guess what God's doing? He's doing surgical removal in your heart. Is your attitude right? Is your heart right? You see, you want God to always get them, but Lord God, not me. How many of you ever done this before? You read the Bible, and when you read a scripture that stands out at you, instead of taking it in yourself, the first thing you want to do, oh, that's for so-and-so. Man, that's a scripture. Wait till I see him. Well, I'm going to give him that scripture. I'm going to lay it on. And we want to point scriptures at somebody else. But what God wants to do is house clean he may be in you. I love what David said, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. That God in me. You see, everything starts with you. If you have a good attitude in life, everything around you is going to have a better outlook in life. Did you get that? If you have a good attitude in life, everything around you will have a better outlook in life. It all starts with you. You see, I love this. God calls us to look up, not down, because it will make you frown. That's why he said, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, that keep looking up. And I always tell people, I'm a stuck-up Christian. I am because I'm always looking up. I'm looking up to him because he's my power source. He's my direction. He's my atlas. He's my all in all. So I'm looking up. God, I don't know what to do, but God, I'm looking up to you. But when I look down, I frown. Only time I ever was happy when I looked down is we were in Vail, Colorado, and there was a big snowbank there in Vail, Colorado, and I happened to look down at the snowbank, and right there at the edge of the snowbank was a $100 bill sticking up. Thank you, Jesus. Handfuls on purpose. I love you, Jesus. Otherwise, I keep looking up. Listen, they didn't fight and then seek help. They sought help to help them fight. Did you get that? They didn't fight and then seek help. They sought help to help them fight. In other words, they got instruction. They got guidance. They got direction for their life. I wonder how many of us really let Jesus in your boat do you only let them in your boat when you're ready to sink or when you're in the major issues and you want God to repair the damages that you have caused? How many of you have ever said this before? 
open mouth, insert foot. I think we've all done that. We've opened mouth and inserted foot, and we hurt people by doing that. But I'm going to save this. we got to move on, and I see this getting late. And so I'm going to ask Quinn, and we'll keep your, your notes for next week, but Quinn's going to come at this time, and I see the time's getting away. And I don't mean to cut it quick, but I wanted my board member, Quinn, and Andrew, if you'd come up and begin to play, whatever. But I, I want to say thank you for allowing us to be your pastors. And make sure you check out. Let us pray today. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful congregation, and I mean that from my heart. I pray that you would bless them and they're going in and they're going out. No weapon formed against them shall or will prosper. I cover each and every individual over the blood, and I thank you, Father, that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Go with us, Father, today. Bring us back Wednesday night as we celebrate once again in the upper room. Be with us on Thursday as we touch many, many hearts for your glory, for your honor. Thank you for Adventure Church, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com and click on the Give tab. Thank you for your generous gift.